from MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Good morning, I'm Malcolm White. I'm here with my buddy Carol Puckett. Today, we are satisfying our sweet tooth. We're talking Deep South sweets. We're talking candies, cobblers, coated, sugared, drizzled, covered with chocolate, cakes, pies, and anything else that would be considered a sweet treat. Join the conversation today. We'll also have Emmy King from Nandy's Candies joining us and Mary Jennifer Russell from Sugaries in New Albany. And of course, your calls. Tell us what your favorite sweet treat is. Call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or drop us an email at food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and welcome to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here and joining us via technology is my good buddy, Carol Puckett out in Aspen, Colorado. Hello, Carol. Good morning, Mal. How are things in Mississippi? Nice and warm. How about out there in the Rocky Mountain climate? Well, it's about 52 right now. It got down to 45 overnight. So, now uh, now you're rubbing it in. Uh, yeah, it'll warm up to the 70s. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry for you. Thinking about you, Mal. What are you eating out there in uh, in Aspen? What do they eat out there? Well, they eat really fine food, and they're really fine restaurants. Everything from, you know, sushi to restaurants that serve bison and elk. But I'm kind of sticking around my own kitchen right now. Well, that's good. Same here. We had a, a good weekend. Got some fresh vegetables from my buddy David Patterson. Dropped off on my front porch. Got some tomatoes, eggplants. Got some figs. Uh, it, that's a that's a nice surprise. Uh, Kara cooked a beautiful fruit cobbler with peaches and some berries, and that was just outrageous. Uh, now, now you you cook figs. You make fig jam or fig preserves or something? Well, uh, actually, the day before I came out to Aspen, I went and shook the trees and and made about a dozen jars of fig preserves, and one of those is yours for Christmas. But Thank my you. favorite, my very favorite fig recipe is one that I read in the New York Times many years ago when it was from our own Julia Reed of Greenville, Mississippi. And it is delicious. It is a fig tart. Mm. And you just haven't had anything delicious unless you've had this fig tart. And I'm going to put the recipe up today, but I hope that Kara will make it for you. You can make it in a tart pan or a springform pan and, you know, just use like one and a half inches high of the rim. I but got you. It has, mm-hmm. it has um, almond extract in the crust. It has, it's just very, very light. And, and you put the figs, you, you put them around, you know, in circles. So you have this beautiful presentation of the cut side of the figs. And it has a custard or milk poured over it. It's very light, very thin, and absolutely delicious. Wow, that sounds terrific. We'll have to give that a shot. 
So today we're talking sweets and sweet treats. But before we go 100% into the sweet arena, Carol, you and I both saw a great story published in the Sun-Herald over the weekend written by my good buddy Julian Brunt, who Julian is, has received uh, an apprenticeship grant from the Mississippi Arts Commission, our, our one and only culinary apprenticeship program. And, and he wrote this story about this uh, food truck called the Twisted Magnolia Food Truck. What do you think about that? I thought it was pretty cool. I have never heard of Gumbolaya. Gumbolaya. Is uh, he says, is a, is a cross between gumbo and jambalaya. And I know that you're going to be right down there to try the gator pups. The gator pups. And there's all kind of Biloxi bacon using mullet. Uh, so many great ideas, uh, new and eccentric sort of twist on local food uh, along the coast. But, you know, the gator pups are his version of a corn dog. Right. And he dips them in a sweet jalapeno batter. And that that's just very interesting um, to me. And I looked up his Facebook page, mm-hmm. and it's called Twisted Magnolia LLC. And you can see where the truck is going to be on what days. But um, Very I think cool. it's worth the trip, or we should bring him here. And then I read some other big food news I wanted to share yeah, with please. you. And this... This does have something to do with sweets. It has been reported that Hubig's Pies in New Orleans is making a comeback. It it is a business that's been in New Orleans since the 1930s. And about seven years ago, they had a tragic fire. And they are the ones that make those uh, fruit, you know, the fruit-filled hand pies. Yeah, absolutely. The little turnover pies. But... This is so important to the state of Louisiana that it was announced by the governor. John Bell Edwards actually announced that he had worked with the owner to get a business loan to restart the factory in Jefferson Paris. So that's big food news. B- big news coming out of Louisiana on Hubig's, Hubig's fried pies. Yes. You know, we've all, I guess, had a fried pie, usually fruit filled. But the Hubig's was quite a tradition. It had a nice sugary crust on the outside of it. Yeah, and, and a great little package it was in. It was a, a real throwback to the 30s. Right. And I, I, for one, I'm very excited. And in 2020, we'll be able to get them again. You know, I remember really loving the lemon Hubig pie. Well, uh, I was partial myself. I liked the lemon, too, but the peach was my favorite. Yeah, well... Peach fried fried peach pie is just uh, you know. It's just hard. To well, do. what can you say? <laughs> as good as it gets. Talking, we're talking about southern sweets, and that's certainly one on the list. Hey, and speaking of southern sweets, I did a little research, uh, and I went on the Southern Living Magazine uh, site and googled or, or searched for the top three favorite sweets that the Southern Living Magazine people have polled. What do you think they were? Got any clue? Well, I'm thinking that Coca-Cola cake might have been one of them or a pound cake. Well, there's a chocolate mayonnaise cake, which we made at our house, I think, a week ago. With uh, put uh, uh, Anyway, it was delicious. Had a cream uh, coating on the outside, had some coconut. The other one is a hummingbird cake, so there you're exactly right. What do you know about a hummingbird cake? 
Well, it's it's Southern Living's most popular cake of of all times, and I'm sorry I forgot to mention that one, but because I knew it, I knew that. But it has crushed pineapple and bananas in it. Oh boy! And you know, people usually do it as a triple layer cake, and it has a you know cream cheese icing. But there's been a, a lot of uh, question about the origins of the cake, and you know, in the food world. There's always something. Somebody's always saying it was theirs. But um, Mm -hmm. there was a lady, I I believe it was a lady in Kentucky, submitted the recipe first to Southern Living in in the, I think it was 1970, in the 1970s. But nobody has ever been able to trace her. So it could have been a fictitious person. But a lot of people think that the origin of the cake is Jamaica. Like the Jamaica national cake, because the island's national bird is a hummingbird. Oh, okay. So there you go. That's a great history on the hummingbird cake. Now considered a southern delicacy, maybe perhaps coming from another place. So the top three were the chocolate mayonnaise cake, the hummingbird cake, and finally, the one you and I like so much, the famous peach cobbler. And I believe you might have made one over the weekend. Indeed, Kara made one. Peaches and berries. It was a nice mixture. And I love a good cobbler. So on your cobbler, do you do a batter crust, a biscuit crust, or a traditional uh, pie crust like a lattice crust? What's no, your a, favorite? A, a ba- well, I like them all. This was a batter crust. Excellent, excellent, excellent. We've got our first caller of the day on the phone. Kathleen from Osaka is calling, and she wants to talk about lemons. Hello, Kathleen. Hi, I'm turning down my radio. Listen, last week I couldn't get in, but you were talking about preserving, and this is one you can use for preserving, cooking, and being economical. Okay. When lemons are in season, you're afraid to buy too many because they go bad. I have to take my high-tech phone out into the yard to speak to y'all these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I should holler and send up smoke signals. And there shit. you go. We're just anyway, glad to hear from you. When you get the lemons, get a lemon zester. Mm-hmm. You zest them, clean them thoroughly, and rinse them thoroughly. You zest them first, and you can put them through a hand juicer like we used to do on the little... Um, knob and you turn it or you can put it through a blender or whatever you can take the juice and you can freeze it they have these little ice cube trays you remember they call them party ice they're only about half inch by half inch square right you can still get it through some um magazines or possibly online and they have them at some party stores and stuff but you can freeze that juice once it freezes put it in a ziploc bag and you can use the juice whether you're making lemon pies, cakes, mm. you can stir fry it for fish or shrimp or put it in chicken creole. So it's a good way to buy the lemons when they're in season right? and use every bit of it to get your money's worth because they ain't cheap. One lemon these days, right. 50, 75 cents a piece. Well, that is a, that's a great tip on how to preserve your lemon juice, and that's a frozen lemon square as opposed to, say, a baked lemon square. Put it, in your free, put it in your freezer and use it all year round. All right, it's time for a break. 
And when we return, we're going to have my friend Mary Jennifer Russell on the phone from Sugary's Bakery in New Albany, Mississippi. They specialize in classic heirloom recipes for cakes and sweets and such. A little bit later on in the show, Emmy King will join us from the legendary Nandy's Candy, and we will continue to talk to her about the classic candy shop she owns and operates right here in Jackson. So join in the conversation. Let us know about your favorite sweet treat. Call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That is one eight seven seven. 672-7464 or drop us an email at food at mpbonline.org Carol and I will be right back with Mary Jennifer Russell An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered Join me, Meredith Michelle with WJSU's Evening Jazz 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White here with my buddy Carol Puckett. We want to know what's cooking in your kitchen and in your world. Give us a call, 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. On the phone today, joining us, as I said, from New Albany up north Mississippi, Mary Jennifer Russell. Hello, Mary Jennifer. Welcome. How are you? I am so good. I hadn't talked to you in a while. How goes? It has been a while. We're doing great. We're alive and kicking. Well, tell us about the legendary Sugar Ease Bakery. Tell us a little bit about your story, how y'all got started, and what y'all do there. Well, I started Sugar Ease as a home-based bakery in 1997. I kind of grew into a, a wholesale business from my home. So I didn't take on for it to outgrow my home kitchen in 2001. We opened a retail space in downtown New Albany. In 2008, we added our mail order business. Hey, Mary Jennifer, it's Carol. Yes, hi, Carol. How are you? Oh, hey, hey. I'm sorry. I I didn't. I'm I'm out in Colorado. You're in New Albany. Malcolm's in Jackson, and I didn't mean to butt in. But one of my favorite things about your the origins of Sugaries is the name. And is it true that it came from? The Grateful Dead song. Well, I did. Um, I did use a Grateful Dead song. <laughs> um, the name of the bakery. It's an old blues song, actually, originally sung by Elizabeth Cotton, and the Grateful Dead covered it, which is how I knew it. Oh, that's cool. Now, tell me, you you, were t- you mentioned your uh, mail order business. I think one time you told me the percentages of your walk up business in New Albany versus your mail order. Isn't it pretty significant? It is, and this year for the first time, mail order is the biggest piece of the business, which has been a goal we've been working towards for at least five years now. So mail order is 31%. The retail business is um, somewhere around 20%, and wholesale is around half. Wow. And I know you... That's terrific. I know you have a lot of great items, but you're also relatively famous for the caramel cake. Uh, Thank you. Um, That is a... (laughs) Southern specialty dish. I've found that that caramel cake follows the cotton belt, which I think is really interesting. It's a very long recipe. It's cheap to make, but it takes a lot of technique. And I think the, the roots are in the rural south because of that. Right. 
Well, um, Mary Jennifer, one of the things that I find so interesting and I'm really dying to know about is how Oprah got hold of your cake and it became one of her her favorite things. And, and you know, what does a nod from Oprah do to a girl's business? Well, it's definitely a confidence boost. And I was able to share the Oprah magazine that printed our um, pound cake in it with Miss Robbie Ray, who... Um, who that recipe belongs to. She's a, a lady in New Albany who baked 10,000 pound cakes and gave over $100,000 to the First Methodist Church Youth Group over her life. And so we're just really proud to continue her tradition of supporting the Methodist Church Youth Group. With, I think we give $2 a cake, or if you go $10, it would be another entire proceeds for cake sales for the church. But we're happy to continue her legacy. And I'm not really sure how Oprah found out about that. I think um, some of her scouts were at, in New York when we were doing an event in Madison Square Park at the Big Apple Barbecue. And I think they found this thing. Well, you also... So, I'm sorry, Carol, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, um, I, I was going to say you were also named one of the top ten pies in the South by, by Southern Living. So when something like that happens, does your phone immediately start ringing and orders start coming in? You know, how do you deal well, with that? Sure, yeah. I mean, we do get small boosts from things like that. Um, so the chocolate ring pie, we don't ship, but I feel like we do have more people coming through on the weekends when we do make that pie who want to try it and taste it. Um, so it, it helps create us uh, as a destination, which, you know, is a great goal for us to have for our community and for our business. And then if it's a mail-over item like that pound cake, you definitely um, see a spike for a couple of months after a publication prints an article like that. So we'll take all the press we can get. Yeah. Now you use words like heirloom and heritage when you talk about your your bakery. Tell us what what that means to you and how you incorporate the past into to your current business model. Sure. Um, we really are committed to just really recreating the classic dishes that we all grew up with here in the Deep South. Um, so that, you know, that in a nutshell is, is what heirloom means to me. Um, you know, we're trying to make sure we continue those, those labor-intensive traditions that a lot of big companies just don't, don't invest in anymore. It's important it that we keep those traditions alive. Do you make all the cakes in the shop there at New Albany on the Main Street? We do. We have one kitchen and intend to keep it that way. Um, a lot of the machines are so expensive. I don't think it makes sense to try to duplicate kitchens in different locations. And we can just, well, speaking you know, of being kitchen. labor-intensive, how many people do you have working at Sugar Eggs? We have a team of about 35 people. Half of those are full-time and the other half are younger college students, um, mostly college and high school girls who make up our part-time staff. And you also offer baking classes uh, there at the shop. Is that right? We do. We started this year doing a once-a-month baking class. It's the last Sunday of every month from 4 to 6. And we serve wine and cheese and have a two-hour demo. And, of course, then people come with the recipes, and they sample whatever we're making at the end of the class. Are the classes based on seasonal recipes? Somewhat they are. Um, 
yeah, we, we love working with seasonal produce and working with our local farmers. So um, we try to pull in, you know, tomatoes during tomato season or strawberries when they're in season and do something around that with our test kitchen um, as well as with our cooking class every month. So what was the cooking class this month? Yesterday it was a ding-dong cupcake, which is one of our weekly specials that we've been doing for years at the Thursday. Oh, we love a ding-dong, don't we, Java? Java Java lit up in there uh, in the studio. Tell us about your (laughs) ding-dong cupcake. Um, It's it's a chocolate cupcake with an Italian meringue slash marshmallow icing, and it's dipped in chocolate ganache. Rich and sweet all at once. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know that your business has to be really seasonal, you know, especially around the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. And how do you deal with that? Do you bring in more employees during that time, or do you spread it out? So I guess that that strategy has evolved a little bit over the years. We found that it's hard to bring in camps just during our busy season because there is a lot of technique involved, um, and it takes a while to train people to do things right. So we found that it's best to um, to kind of work steady throughout the year and with max our capacity all year. We bake for the freezer. So we'll bake about a 1,000 cakes a week, and, and we'll just kind wow. of build the inventory in the freezer. So, you know, at Easter, our freezer goes down and gets, you know, not depleted ever, but it gets, the inventory gets low. And then we start building again immediately for the fall and holiday season. And that way we can also utilize our part-time help. All these college girls who did such a great job for us get to work on summer as much as they want. And then they come in when they're out of school during the, all the holidays, spring break, Thanksgiving, Christmas holidays. And they're already trained. So they work at their camps, I guess, but they're already trained and they stay with us. Hopefully throughout their college season for three, four, or five years. So we've done a that thousand, to a really strategy. But a thousand cakes a week <laughs> is a serious business. It is. <laughs> so it's, you know, 3,000 layers. And, um, it's, a, it's a bunch of cake. It's a lot of work. We work more like a factory than a restaurant. I tell people we have like little four or five people factory lines to bake and to ice the cake. So it's we can do it pretty efficiently. How many pounds? Hard. How many pounds of sugar a week are we talking about here, Mary Jennifer? Um, so I, my daughter called from school a couple of years ago in junior high for trivia questions about the bakery, and I crunched a few numbers. So I think a couple of years ago we were at a hundred thousand pounds of sugar a year, twenty five thousand pounds of butter a year. Yeah. That sounds, nice. That sounds glorious. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us this morning, uh, Mary Jennifer, and, and good luck at Sugar Ease. We really appreciate what a great, small, local business you've created there and, and really helped redevelop and redefine New Albany and the whole downtown area, which is just bustling and beautiful. And, uh, and the bike trail, tell us just as we close a little bit about the bike trail that, that's right there at your doorstep. Yeah, sure. One of the trailheads for a um, 44-mile rail-to-trail conservancy project is downtown Robney. You can get on this bike trail and, and ride all day. You have the stamina to 
Houston and some people, you know, do the round trip and come back the same day. And above the bakery, we have an overnight rental space um, oh. called Sugary's Loft that's available for weekend rentals for people who do want to do that, come into town and just really visit and enjoy our recreational amenities while they're in town. And do you still do the music festival down on the river? So I'm directly involved with the farmer's market. And farmer's our last market. farmer's market of the season um, is this week on Thursday. Blue Mother Two Blow is playing. And we've, um, we've really gone into a music festival slash farmer's market. We had a really good music lineup this year. And I expect to continue to kind of lead with the music going forward. It's every Thursday in the summer. Well, that's great. Again, folks, uh, if you're in the New Albany area, you've got to go by Sugary's Bakery, visit with uh, Mary Jennifer Russell and her gaggle of sweet folks that run that place. It is quite uh, an iconic establishment in northeast Mississippi. And thank you so much, Mary Jennifer, for joining us. Uh, We're going to take a break now, and we're going to come back. We're going to be talking to Carol and I's buddy, Emmy King, from Nandy's Candy right here in Jackson. You know, Nandy's Candies is a small batch chocolate operation, and they do other sweets, and Emmy's going to tell us about what they do down there. So you can join in the conversation. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 Or if you're so inclined, drop us an email at food at mpbonline.com. O-R-G. Stay tuned. Carol and I will be right back with Emmy King. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining, and we are in the process of getting Emmy settled into the studio. She came in with a big bag of goodies, Java, and she specifically said one of them was for you. You want to explain that one, Emmy? Because when he called the other day and was asking me about something, he'd looked online and seen an um, Instagram post, which is our new, um, This it's kind of a lollipop of sorts, wow. but it's really a shish kebab of, um, <laughs> of all kinds of sour candies. Now, I can't take credit for this. This is my high schoolers uh-huh. and college kids in the summertime having fun. That is beautiful. And I walk in and they're like, look what we did today. And I said, <laughs> I love you guys. I think that's great. Um, it's something that's affordable. I will say it, it's it's probably for some people's palates and not for others because it's oh. super sour. Like, pucker now, up. Now, Java <laughs> is very excited about the super sour. Now, what else did you bring? I see chocolates. I did. I brought some of our handmade chocolates. Um, one of the one things that we're most known for is going to be our American truffle, which is a nice um, blend of milk chocolate and dark chocolate and hazelnut. And this mm. is kind of the classic candy that my mom started out with in 1980s so it's something that we traditionally known for and sell the most of um i also brought our caramel sea salt caramel is my is favorite really in right now i'm, um, I'm claiming the sea salt caramel <laughs> <laughs> and then a few um our peanut butter meltaways these are kind of our assorted handmade pieces that we sell in the case and by the box um or individually and these are all handmade centers in that we make right there on site and then another thing i brought i think they got a little broken up are our handmade pralines oh boy so we do make a lot oh my of goodness. southern <laughs> i know right that's carol she's an aspen oh i was like well, where, where is she <laughs> <laughs> there's another well, voice in the room when, when you 
you talk about southern candies, I mean, you just have to have a praline. Yes. Since, since I'm not there, I think I should receive some pralines in the mail this oh week. sure sure well I'll get your address and I'll, I'll send them to you I mean I was torn I was like is it divinity or is it pralines these are our traditional southern candies that you know we make right there from scratch and or something that I love to do so well the answer well, to which one is both yes it's both I know I know <laughs> well I want to ask you about the divinity because that is such a traditional southern candy yes and do, you, do you make it all year long we make Not it all year long I make it all year long I have so many people walk in and are so surprised and oh my goodness I can't get this or my aunt or my grandmother she doesn't make it anymore mm. let me try it oh my goodness it brings that rushing memory of grandma's kitchen and um, memories. I mean, I, I have so many people that love it. Um, a lot of people who have no idea what it is, they'll be like, what is this white fluffy ball? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's pure sugar and it's and no love. love. It. <laughs> now, in a, in a commercial operation, do you have to worry about the humidity of the days you make divinity? You know, I can't give my secrets away, but no, I mean, I, okay. I don't as much, but um, I will say yes, every candy maker, whether you've done it for five years, you know, a day, five years, and you're going to have a good day and a bad day some days. Um, because of the humidity in the, the weather? The humidity is, is important. The grain of the, the sugar is right. important. So if you don't kind of have the chemistry right to know what it feels like on your palate, then... Mm. What are some of the other variables? Might be a little soupy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, for me, I think it's it's all about timing. It's It's watching it and... Um, some people like to add pecans. We do add pecans, but whether or not you're going to add too many too quick or waiting out a little later. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the business. You mentioned your mom. So give us a brief history of, so, of, yes. of, of your business um, uh, down there. My mom, Nancy King, opened Nandy's Candy in 1980. So we're coming up on our 39th year here soon. And she wanted to bring something that wasn't really in Jackson at that time. She was also one of these first women business owners at You're the right. time and wanted to create and have something. Um, she loved being with, you know, I think she would have had a lot more kids, but she loved being with kids and raising kids. So it was another way to continue that by making candy, teaching high schoolers and um, college kids, all kinds of things. And through 38 years, we've certainly had a lot. And have you always been in the current location? We have not. We started out, I mean, we've always been on Old Canton Road, but we started out closer <laughs> to Colonial Mart. Um, we were there. It was the Red Rooster originally. Right, um, it was yeah. right out there on uh, the road. And then we moved back because they tore down that building. Mom had a few other locations, one in downtown, one probably at the Rogue up in that area. We also were in the Jitney Jungle for a while when they were doing their new stores. But right. we kind of all brought it back about probably about 20 years ago now um, under one roof and I kind of changed things a few years ago um, when I came in I kind of changed more to mom had always sold and shipped but really having an online presence and doing more kind of nationwide well the online piece we were talking to Mary Jennifer uh, about sugar ease earlier and she says that for the first time in the history of her operation her online has has grown beyond the in-store. Definitely. I mean, it's something that we're continuing to grow. It's something this year that for us, 
We have always shipped and we do a lot of corporate throughout the year and especially at the holiday time. But kind of something a little new for us was a few years ago, we had a lot of people wanting candy apples, which my mom has never made. And so I said, hey, if they want them, let's make them. And so I started making candy apples. It's probably been about a year and a half, two years now. But we have taken off on selling candy apples all year round. So today I've got you know, Pennsylvania, California, I'm shipping out all over. Wow. But I make them fresh or, you know, we'll make them fresh today and we'll ship them out by this afternoon and off they go. And they are really enjoyed. Uh, Emmy, I just yeah. wanted to say that your mom is, you know, one of my real heroes in the retail business. Oh, we you. were contemporaries. She started in 1980 and I opened the Everyday Gourmet in 1981 and she was such an inspiration to me, and she was so kind and helpful and encouraging. And we started the great Mistletoe Marketplace oh, yes. adventure together. <laughs> and you know, for those listeners who don't know Mistletoe Marketplace, it is a huge Christmas fair mm-hmm. put on by the Junior League of Jackson, and tens of thousands of people come through there. And it for a retailer, it's like go into war it is it's, it's a big it's a big deal every year it's um it's something i'm planning right now and it's yes i mean and mom started i mean my mom is really a teacher and she loves business and she loves her community and i'm so grateful for what she did and and still is doing to support us all here but she actually she did tell me to tell you hello carol she really wanted to <laughs> make sure i did that so um but mistletoe market is something that comes around every year at christmas and and we are the oldest merchant still going and we we bring it out the the fudge the divinity the we bring out a caramel sauce that we only make for mistletoe every year. It was something that my parents originally made. Oh me! Um, and then it's a candy. And it's a it's in a jar. It's a sauce that we only oh, we sauce. really only do it for mistletoe. And it sells out immediately. And it sells out a lot. So um, and, and that and that is my favorite product that you make. <laughs> I love all the other ones, but it is so special. Um, well, thank you. Yes, I mean it's. Low and slow and all from scratch and in a big copper pot. And I mean, for all the love that they've, you know, we've had into it. Um, I'd really loved bringing those products back to Mistletoe this in the last few years. And um, that's really something for us to kind of reach all across the state because so many people come to Mistletoe and the Junior League really has done an excellent job to grow that. And tell us when and where mistletoe is for our listeners. So this year, mistletoe is still in the old, um, I believe it's going to still be in the old, um, down at the trademark. And it is going to be that first Thursday through Saturday, which I believe is, I'd have to pull up my calendar. I'll look it up. It's the early, um, it's usually that first Thursday of the first full week of the month. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday. All right. Okay. Carol's, lo- Carol's manning the calendar. Just, I mean, I feel like it's the 4th uh, yes. through the ninth, but I'd hate to be, like, completely off. Tell us a little bit about technique. I think a lot of people think you bake, and, oh and candy makers <laughs> do not bake. We do not bake. Um, actually, I laugh. I had all the ovens. We had some old ovens, and we removed them. Got they're them now out of our, there. They're, they're now my shipping area. Um, we do not bake. We really... It's it's really primarily cooking um, on a on a large gas stove. Um, it's not something you'd have at home. Um, copper pots, 
Um, I have a Hobart that we use a lot for mixing. Mm -hmm. And then we have um, specialty machines that we use in chocolate making. Certain people um, in Robers that cover chocolate, um, dippers that we use. So like right now I'm in the middle of summer times, a little lower, slower time. So we do a lot of um, working on the machines this time of year. Okay. Updating. So we're going to come back after this break and talk more with Emmy King from Nandy's Candy about candy making and recipes. And you're welcome to join in the conversation if you have a recipe or question for Emmy or Carol or myself. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you're welcome to drop us an email to food at mpbonline.org. We're talking sweets. We're talking candy. We're talking about sugar, y'all. <laughs> we'll be right back with Deep South Dining. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining. I'm Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Well, actually, Carol's in Aspen, Colorado. And I'm here with Emmy King, who is literally in the studio with us. Welcome back, Present. Emmy. I'm yeah. here. Present and accounted for. Present and accounted for. And, uh, and Emmy, of course, represents her family business, Nandy's Candy, an iconic sweet shop uh, here in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and we are delighted to have you on. Well, thank you. We have a caller on the phone. Polly's calling us all the way from Covington, Louisiana. She wants to talk about a peach pizza. That sounds cool. What's up, Polly? Hey. Hey. Uh, today is my grandson's birthday, and believe it or not, he doesn't care for cake. Wow. So I made a peach pizza for him. It has a butter cookie crust, and then the filling is cream cheese, whipped cream, and a little powdered sugar. And then the peaches are sliced and put in concentric circles, and then a glaze of a peach Jello with uh, lemon lime soda. Yikes! Oh, it's so pretty! I can't wait to take it to him. When is he going to get yeah. this treat? <laughs> What's that? I, w- I wish we had a picture. I know. I was going to say it sounds beautiful. Oh well, maybe yeah. I can do that. Maybe yeah, you can I take can a photograph and send us the recipe, and we'll put it on our website. All right. Well, I'll do that. I I just was listening to the show while I was making it, and I said. I'm going to call them and tell them what I'm doing. Well, thank you for sharing. We really Sounds appreciate delicious. it. Have y'all? Okay. We need to Love get your to email that. address. I'm sorry. Oh, go, go ahead. Just send okay. it to food at mpbonline.org. That's where you would send us the photo and the recipe. Did you get that? And Malcolm, I do not have a peach pizza to share, but hmm. I'm posting a, a recipe for a peach galette with fresh whipped whipped cream that sounds a little bit like this it's you know you make a little nine inch crust and put your fresh peaches and sugar in inside of it so next to her peach pizza i hope our listeners will look for this peach galette that's terrific it is peach time right you do anything with peaches there i've got a peach gummy right here excellent what part of that is (laughs) this is peach it's a super sour peach um i actually do not do anything with peach except for snowballs ah let's talk about those new orleans style snowballs new orleans style snowballs this is not a snow cone it is a snowball we shave our ice we actually make our ice too um that's part of it but we've been doing this 
goodness, I can't even remember what year we, we got the snowball machine. My parents originally started with ice cream, but it, it really wasn't the right thing for us over huh. the long term. So we changed to snowballs, which has been great. Um, we're really known for having a, a, we have a snow wizard. So it's shaved ice. It's all handmade. Um, the syrups we make, um, or we, we make our own sugar water and, yeah. and use the syrups. And that's but, where you use the peaches. Yes. But yes, I, I have a Georgia peach and I think I have a peach daiquiri if we're on to peaches. Mm. Oh, wow. Now what, what differentiates a New Orleans snow cone from a sort of say memphis snow cone i really feel like it's the quality of the shaved ice and um and you and the use of flavors and how you're using it i mean you're going to find snow cone places all over the south and all over you know the country but um certain people make their flavors a certain way or have their ice ice has its own chemistry too once you freeze it is it frozen to a certain level and how how um, cold or warm the ice is when you're shaving it. I mean, it has a lot of things involved to it. Um, you know, maybe you really need a really loud old machine like mine <laughs> to make it yeah. the best. <laughs> that, that, that's reminiscent of the old, the Hanson snowball in New Orleans. Yeah, your snowball yes, to me absolutely. Tastes, tastes a lot a lot like that. But uh, we haven't told our listeners yet. You're located in Maywood Mart. Yes, Jackson, which has been around for I think sixty five or sixty six years. I think we're at six. Yes, in the late sixties. Yes, but I love to drive by there and see the lines for the snowballs. It it it's this time of year when we really um, do a lot. We start the snowballs kind of a soft opening at spring break while the kids are out of town. Okay, (laughs) it helps, and then (laughs) then we kind of bring them in um, a little slowly depending on when Easter is, and we keep the snowballs through the week of Halloween. So we kind of shut them down right then. Um, well, another product I wanted to ask you about yeah. are the marshmallows. Do you do those all year long? Oh, yes, ma'am. We we do. We make our own marshmallow. It's one of my favorite things to make. Of course, everyone in the back of the kitchen probably doesn't love how messy I am. Other people yeah. are much well, neater than me. But um, I love a good sprinkling you? of powdered sugar everywhere yeah. and marshmallow. Well, I, like, <laughs> I like to buy them to do customized uh, s'mores. Yes. And, you know, I come by your marshmallows and then for a dessert for company, uh, do it, you know, do it with cookies and Mm -hmm. chocolate. And the homemade marshmallow is just the the bomb. It's great. Well, thank you. Yes, we we make that all from scratch right there. And I I make it all year round. And we use it both in doing a s'more. We have the chocolate covered marshmallow. And I've also with a lately I've made a caramel marshmallow, pecan, and covered in chocolate. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That sounds quite yummy. (laughs) It is. It's not too early in the morning to start eating sugar, is it? No, it's never too early. I have plenty to try. Please do. How many folks do you employ at Nandy's Candies? We're kind of a small crew because we're a small space, but Mm -hmm. we... I have about three to four full, like full time employees, um, including and that includes me. And then throughout the year, I can have anywhere from sixteen to about twenty. I mean, it's not a big enough space to have too much more. Sounds like bumper cars. It, we are a little tight, but you know what? The importance to me is that it's made on site. I think you'll know the quality and the difference when you've got such a fresh turnover of candy. So we were talking on the break about. 
here we are in almost the end of July, and you are prepping for. I'm prepping for Christmas. It's 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 Christmas in July. It really is. It's kind of weird, but it is. I have to kind of gear up for it. But this is the time of year when I'm working on getting in some corporate orders, making sure that we have everything ready um, as far as ingredients and what our um, production plan is going to be coming into mm-hmm. the fall because. You've got to time it right to get it all done. And how do you keep the candies? You don't refrigerate them, do you? It's a question. No, um, chocolate does not like a refrigerator. Um, For everybody who is storing their chocolate in the fridge, you'll know it kind of gets a little grainy. Or if you put it in the freezer, it's going to come out of temper. Hmm. It really likes a little 68 degrees so and low moisture. So I work a lot with my air conditioner because we're here in Mississippi. (laughs) I will say, you know, for all the candy makers across the country, you'll find more up in the northeast because there's less humidity. You kind of get farther south and you start of, um, you know, we're we're kind of one and there's no one between here and Memphis. You know, Memphis, it's it's very small. Because you want to make sure your humidity and temperatures are not very high. Emmy, I wanted to ask you about shipping. I mean, can you ship chocolates in the summer? So I do. I do very, very carefully. Um, We really try our best with um, ice and packaging. You know, the the those new um, shipping of their plastic and reflective we use a lot of that in the summer i do try to watch we watch all the time you know where it's going if i think it's going to be too hot and i can't get it done you know i'll usually hold off till a monday mondays and wednesdays are our best ship days um i don't ship over the weekends because i don't know where it'll be yeah do you do the the traditional boxes the chocolate boxes yes i mean heart we shaped have, we, <laughs> i have a heart shaped box but we have a nandy's box which is a nandy's box yes and actually you know like i did say something about christmas but this year we're actually pairing with the children's hospital in mississippi we've done a box it's oh, custom that's great. one of their artists or one of their children has made a lovely drawing so we'll be doing that and when will we, that be available? That's going to be probably available right around mistletoe. Okay. It's going to be my mistle, a little mistletoe through Christmas. So the Blair Batson Children's absolutely. Hospital chocolate box. Yes. And they will, be, you know, absolutely, there'll be a proceeds mm-hmm. that goes back to the hospital. That's great. And the dates for Mistletoe Marketplace They're are November 6th through 9th. See, I was close. I move in on the fourth. (laughs) But yes, the sixth through the ninth. Do you do you sleep in a little mobile trailer there next to it, or you go? I mean, thank goodness I live pretty close in Bellhaven, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know how people do it. Yes, I mean, I probably wouldn't know what to do that time of year if I wasn't at Mistletoe. It's kind of something ingrained in me since I've done it for so long. Well, what year did you take over the business? We've kind of, um, or is it still in, uh, no, no, a work no. in progress? I own the business um, and have for for a while here. Um, my mom, about nine years ago, I came back and started working. I thought I'd be part time raising two boys, but that quickly took took on more than I meant to be. My mom became sick um, or was unable to make candy really anymore, and about four years ago, she was she just couldn't come anymore so mm. i took over literally from that day and have been running it since and um feel very blessed to your kids be involved doing it. um they do love to come my youngest charlie is very much a hands-on 
Parker's more of the sampler, my older child. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's quality control. Yeah, it's always my favorite job. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but they do. They help me on occasion. Um, they love they love a little work on you know bagging gummies or something like that. How many pounds of sugar a week? I'm probably not the best about keeping up with how many pounds of sugar. I do probably get. Let me think here. I probably go through about 400 pounds of sugar. Uh, definitely um, during the summer. I also use a couple different sugars. So mm-hmm. um, that's just kind of your standard granular sugar that I'm going through. It's about 1,400 um, on the chocolate. I mean, we're wow. we, through, throughout the year, it can vary between fourteen to 15,000 so, pounds. So. That's a lot, do of you have, a lot of chocolate. Do you have uh, <laughs> several sources for chocolate? Do you use uh, both American and European chocolates, or do you stick with one? We've stuck with the one that mom chose in 1980. Um, we we have a Peter's uh, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, and we do a blend. Um, so we have a, a blend that we've created from the different products um, to create our own you know, flavor palette. All right. Thanks so much, Emmy, for coming in and talking about Nandy's Candies. Do you have an online presence? I do. It's going to be nandyscandy.com. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, I think Snapchat, too. Snapchat, of course, (laughs) for the young people. Yeah, for the young people. (laughs) Big, Big fans of sweets. Absolutely. Well, that about does it for Deep South Dining today. We want to thank Carol Puckett and Emmy King for joining us, as well as Mary Russell out in New Albany, Mississippi. Uh, Our show is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributors like yourself. Our show is marvelously produced by the one and only Java Chapman. I want to thank Carol Puckett and Emmy King and Mary Jennifer Russell. I'm Malcolm White. Stay tuned now for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11 o'clock. Join us next Monday, 9 o'clock in the morning for Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio.